everyone, Talafa Lover. I hope you guys are well. Uh, for those of you who are in New Zealand, we are still on lockdown. And for those of you in Australia, you are also in lockdown as well. So I hope this podcast lifts your spirits because I'm really excited to have this amazing woman, uh, Cassandra. Um, I was scrolling through Instagram on a Saturday morning and I noticed her content. Had a scroll through Instagram and I was like, wow, this content is incredible. And I thought, you know what, let me hit her up and see if we can have a chat. She was lovely enough to say yes, and here we are. Cassandra, hi. Hi, Tima. How are you? Thank I'm you for good. having me. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, going good. We're in lockdown here in Melbourne as well, so doing stuff like this is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get to talk to someone on the outside. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, cool. So thank you so much for saying yes to being on the podcast. I really love your work. I think your content, it looks amazing. Your vision wall looks amazing. Yes, I've been following your journey. Um, so please, um, before we start, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Uh, so I'm Cass. I'm the founder and educational influencer from Real Stuff Matters Academy. Um, I'm also a proud Pacifica Australian um, also, I'm a teacher um, and I strive to change the way Pacifica view and see education. Um, I'm also a proud parent myself um, to my two-year-old son, Jordan, and I guess I'm known in my community here as a leader and overly passionate about education. Um, I've taught hundreds of Pacifica students education excellence um, through the subject of English writing, communication and reading. I do a lot of writing and do a lot of blogging and wholeheartedly believe that education is a human right that I guess all children deserve to take part in, and I guess it's part of my quest um, that I have in my life um, to eradicate the absence of education in families and communities. Oh, I love that. I love that. You were like, that was very detailed. I love it. So what inspired Real Stuff Matters Academy? Mm, uh, good question. I guess, well, when I first started Real Stuff Matters, I started it um, in 2017 when I had um, some of my friends bring their kids around to my house and wanted me to help them with literacy, so phonics, foundational stuff. Uh, I guess prior to that, I had always been an English tutor after university to older students, mostly those in senior levels of, um, you know, high school needing exam preparation uh, for the final English exam. And if I go way back, I had my first stint of teaching um, English when I was 23 and I taught overseas um, in Nepal, which is a country situated between Tibet and India. And from there, I had this real kind of sense of need to to help children who desired to learn and wanted to better understand, I guess, the complexities of what every educational journey entails. So I saw, I guess, so many children who wouldn't otherwise, you know, get an opportunity to do things with their education. And it prompted me, um, I guess, like this fire just kind of was released inside of me and made me realise how blessed we are here in Australia to be in a country that actually provides and funds our education to an extent and I just remember like riding my bike home from school one day when I was over there and seeing young girls like in the in the rice fields and you know sort of picturing their future so with those two experiences I guess combined they jointly and very rightly birthed Real Stuff Matters Academy and that's where I started teaching I guess the real things that mattered in life um, you know soft skills social skills which um, is real educational understanding through you know understanding the acquisition of knowledge and more importantly what to do with that and then I started working with parents more and helping them know what to do with their kids and how to support their learning 
Um, and I guess there's a lot of important information that parents need to know and understand in guiding their children when it comes to the basics. And that's when I sort of created Real Stuff Matters because I wanted to teach the real stuff that matters in life, like those connections, those human connections that parents and children have and getting them excited and motivated to want to learn, to do something with their lives. I love that. Talk to us about your experience in Nepal. Um, yeah, like I guess um, I wanted, after I finished um, my first degree, I wanted to get some global experience and kind of go out and do, um, I guess, more work in the community. Um, so international development, and um, international relations is what I special, like, you know, majored in back then. And I wanted to kind of start my own non-for-profit, my own NGO. And I wanted to get experience of what it was like to help those in need. And I wanted to go to a completely foreign country. I've been to the islands before, like the Pacific Islands and stuff. And I thought, no, nah, I want to go somewhere crazy, somewhere where no one's been before. And that really opened up, I guess, my mindset in, in how I envisioned or view life. And I just, I remember helping out so many kids who were just so passionate, so excited. And I just knew that they were just never going to leave the country. Like I just knew that, you know, like I guess their kind of, I guess, economic factors and things like that made me realise that, you know, I was lucky and blessed to leave the country. I had opportunities awaiting for me back at home. And I think that's where that really kind of sparked a lot of, curiosity and just this sense of urgency that I was like there are so many kids out there that want to learn but just don't haven't been given the opportunity and that's where real stuff matters is looking for kids like that there are so many kids that I teach now that you know are really really excited to learn and they just needed someone to pitch it in a different angle and now their their journeys through schooling are just so much more better They're, they're they're more optimistic they're more motivated they have a clear vision for their future and I think that's where it's all kind of tied into. Real stuff matters. I know these are these are not questions I sent you, <laughs> no, that's but okay. I'm so I'm so interested in, in what you're what you're saying, and so I'm, I'm interested to know. Then you know, obviously, it started from education, your experiences, and and children having access to, 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 to uh, you believe it's a human right, children having access access to education. But yes. I'm how does that relate to real stuff, like the words "real stuff"? So. I found that I guess in in schools, the curriculums in schools were teaching, um, they were teaching just general things. I didn't know what they were teaching. They were just teaching things that kids kind of didn't really relate to. So I found that like I guess kids at school were trying to do certain things and I guess some of the things that, um, sorry, just one second. Okay. <laughs> the things that I found about Real Stuff Matters is that schools weren't really teaching the real things that mattered in life. Like I found that it was there, but it was probably lost in a lot of all the other information that they were teaching kids. And from there, that's when I realised that, hang on, we need to start teaching them these global issues, these world issues, these unsolved world problems. So I remember when I first started back in 2017, I had, I guess, the United Nations top 30 unsolved world problems like pitched up in my little garage and I was like, okay, parents, I'm going to start teaching your kids these kinds of problems. Are you okay with that? And they're like, yes, they don't, get, they don't get taught this stuff at school. And I was like, and through these topics, I can teach them to be really great at English as well. I can get their writing um, up to scratch. I can get them excited and motivated to want to learn. 
and I can teach them the skills that they're going to need in order to do well in school. And they're like, that's great. So then I started teaching them those topics and that's when I started, I kept saying to students, real stuff, this is the real stuff that matters, guys. This is stuff that you need to know. We need problem solvers. We need critical thinkers for the future. You guys can do this with the skills I'm teaching you now. That's why you're in school. You're learning these these um, these life skills. But they didn't understand what they were learning because they just thought, oh, my teacher told me to learn this. But they didn't understand why or how to use that learning. And it's through Real Stuff Matters Academy that I was able to spend half of the class kind of teaching them the acquisition of English writing and communication, but also teach them how to use it in real life. Yes. So I guess that's where it kind of all started. Well, what, what, what are some of those real stuff? Uh, so yeah. real stuff would be, I guess, um, you know, global poverty. Um, I guess climate change is a massive one, environmentalism, warfare, um, community development, um, you know, entrepreneurial skills, you know. So sometimes um, I'm teaching them academic writing, but then at the same t- time I'll know how to explain it to them and, and show them how thinking entrepreneurially is also a life skill as well. So, you know, if kids don't want to finish high school, if they think, hey, after high school I want to, you know, start my own business, like that's okay. These are the skills in writing that you're going to need to start that business, you know, and then, and that, that kind of brings, a, 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 I guess, a more clearer perspective in how kids can actually feel motivated to want to finish things. Mm. Okay, awesome. So how has having your own child impacted your work with Real Stuff Matter? Yeah, great question. So I think, um, so I guess one of the things that makes me feel and understand, I guess, the highs and lows that parents go through with learning and development, I personally feel more connected with parents and their needs and how they journey through their role as a parent. And I feel that I'm able to speak on behalf of other parents out there as I'm one too. So this actually allows me to really embrace, I guess, the struggle points, but also provide easy solutions for parents to take away and implement uh, with their children. And I can see the work that I'm doing at Real Stuff Matters now and how that's actually evolving. And rightfully so, as being a parent warrants a lot of things that you can ultimately see even more clearer. So I think being a parent, it helps me to understand um, what accompanies the the journey as a parent. How do parents navigate through teaching and, and helping their child and supporting them? And I guess we put a lot of pressure on ourselves with everyday things and learning can seem like, I guess, the pinnacle <laughs> of needing to show up even more. So it's like, hang on, let's, let's, I'm trying to have the house clean and things in order, but also I've got to teach my kid as well. So I think I'm yeah. able to share and journey map a lot of the things that go on. And tr- I'm, my goal is to simplify and empower parents um, to, to try and, you know, and to maintain or to try and actually, you know, do something with their with their child every day in education, hmm. whether so big or small. Parents, um, for all the parents out there, how can they make life easier when it comes to their their child's learning? Yeah, so I think um, for parents out there, like I guess if you how to make if it's how to make it easier, one of the things that I think is important is just. It's the things that they're doing already. It's the things that they're, you know, they think has no impact. And it's about bringing that to the forefront. Like don't underestimate 
the power of a conversation or being present or being there when your child is needing you the most, especially when it comes to working out a problem, um, needing someone to talk to about a situation, especially even if it has, it doesn't have to be in the context of homework um, because then that means that you're building that relationship with your child or you, you can kind of already preordain and know, okay, my son needs help. I can see it. He doesn't have to tell me, but I know he needs help. I'm going to go and check it out. That kind of thing, knowing that having that connection with your child is important because that's how you can simply help them. And whatever help is required, you will know how to go about that help. For example, if it's just, I don't understand this question. It's like, what's the question? If you can't read it, just be like, okay, how, where can I find the answer to get that answer for my son or for my child? Oh, I can call this number. This is his teacher. Or I can write an email or I can ask someone who speaks English as their first language who can help me. So it's just about knowing where to get help and who is the right person who can help you to get that help. And sometimes mm. the, the help really just lies in being there, like being that motivator. Kids love when people motivate them. They, they live off motivation. So if you're providing that support by making, you know, changing the house up a little bit, you know, making a little special allocation for them to learn, those kinds of things, that's kind of the stuff that parents are already doing, but they may not be aware of it. And it's just about trying every single day or every every so often when you do get the opportunity to try in how you can help your child more in learning. Interesting. Yeah. Just those little things, eh? Like allocating like a little room, like this is your time and space and this is your time to do homework. You know what I mean? Like those little things. Yeah. Way. Yeah, that's exactly right, Tima. And I think parents underestimate it because they think that they need to, you know, they needed needed to have, you know, finished high school to feel qualified to say those things it's not true you know that's not true at all a lot of um a lot of other cultures out there that are non-pacifica are doing the exact same thing some parents don't even speak english and their kids are thriving in education because they know how to ask their i, I guess they know where to go to help they'll say okay i can see that my my child is falling behind in in english or maths i personally can't do maths so i'm going to try and find someone who can help him you know, getting a tutor. Um, and that's where I guess I do that. That's the tutoring side of my business where I offer English tutoring classes to support parents in that, like in the ins and outs of English. Cause that's, that's my forte. That's what I can help with. But people underestimate tutoring as well. They think that tutoring means you need to enroll for a particular, you know, for a whole year. It's not the case. Your son or daughter may only need three or four classes. They may only need one class to get back on track. You know, it's just having that confidence boost by someone who can help you in, with a specific need. Mm, interesting. You know, I'm just reflecting back on my life. My parents um, weren't really involved with my education, only because mm. they were working and, um, you know, back, back then it was hard times. So they were working a lot. So I did a lot of my own homework, my own reading, what, you know, my auntie would look after me. Um, but just from, from your experiences, what are the main reasons why parents don't get involved with their children's learning? Um, look, there's, I think there's various factors. I think that sometimes there's, okay, first of all, one of the reasons is they think it's the school's responsibility or it's, you know, it's the school's responsibility in, in fulfilling that. And their child should be equipped with all the knowledge and understanding in order to do the homework outside of school, any extra tasks that are required um, and anything else. And that's, I guess, the relationship between the child and the school. And there's a disconnect between parents and the school's 
And that's where I guess that grey area of not knowing what their role involved, what their role is or how they're involved. And another reason could be, you know, parents are working. You know, a lot of um, Pacifica families are, are doing the Arvo shifts, are doing like 12-hour shifts, you know, that they're working hard, like they're hardworking people. And sometimes they're not home after school you know, when, when, when homework is needed to be done, you know, they get home late by the time they get home, kids are in bed. Um, and I guess another thing is also maybe because they didn't have that lifestyle or even just that exposure to themselves when they were growing up, or they also hated school. So there are some parents who may hate school and not like it. And when they see their child hating it or not liking it, they don't know how to encourage them because they also hated it too or didn't like it. So that also can impact their children because they feel that, well, I'm just going to accept that. Whereas, you know, we don't need to bring on that generational, uh, I guess, personal experience. Like if I personally hated school, I'm not going to deter my my child from that experience. I'm going to try and do what I didn't get. Sometimes learning in what you didn't get when you were growing up is is probably the solution to what you could give to your child now. Mm. Mm, interesting so how can we you know inspire positive learning for kids then okay so positive learning is all about just bringing I guess that awareness into the home you know talking about having regular conversations with your children making kids know and understand hey guys like school's important even just those inspiring convos like there are people in your community or even in your family and anyone who's listening there is someone in your family or group of friends that has, who loves learning, who's, you know, who's finished high school, who's, you know, who's successful to an extent or who has done university, you know, get those people and have a conversation with them or bring them around the home and just, you know, talk to like, you know, get them to talk about what their journey's like and how that's opened up doors for them, you know, and it, trust me, like even just those conversations, they're really, I guess, exciting because, you know, kids need someone to look up to and, you know, and sometimes they don't have anyone in their immediate family that can motivate them or who can understand them. And some of those kids actually attend my English tutoring classes. They're like, hey, Cass, I've never had a teacher who explains what I need to know in school the way that you do. And they've gone through so many teachers through school and I'm a teacher outside of school. I'm a private teacher. So when they say that, it makes me feel that hang on, kids need, want something to look up to. They need someone to, to show them, I guess, a door, an opportunity. And I think that one of the things is that kids don't actually get that experience or don't even have those conversations. They're not existent sometimes in homes. So positive learning is all about bringing to the forefront those conversations, you know, just those regular check-ins, them, if they understand the importance of education from someone that they look up to, whether that's mum or dad, auntie, uncle or whoever, they will feel the need and I guess they will understand, okay, actually I need to do this too. I think this is this this is important. This is expected. This is this is like my bread and butter. You know, I think we put too much expectation thinking if you're gonna go to school, you're gonna go to uni. And it's not like that. You know, school te- fundamentally teaches you how to learn. It how it teaches you how to learn. So when you finish when you're 18 years old and you finish school, we really ultimately learn how to learn, how to make choices, how to make life choices, how to make long-term decisions, you know, life skills. And those skills come through problem solving, 
through being disciplined, endurance, perseverance, all those human characteristics that we think are wasted, they're, they're birthed out of that journey. The hardest thing that you need to do as a child is to get through school. So I guess that's, um, there's so many various, I guess, uh, opinions and choices that we could make in, you know, positive learning and what we could answer that to be. But I guess these are some of the key ones that I think that everyone could have access to. Get some advice. Get yeah. advice from someone. Get advice from someone that's finished school. Hey, do you reckon, is it worth it? Nah. Or are they getting advice from the right person? Are they getting advice from someone that dropped out of school? It's like, why are we getting advice from this person? This person's going to provide us a different avenue for something else. Is that what you want? How is that conversation going to go? What's the goal of that combo? Those kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, I'm just thinking back to my own, like you're making me think of, you know, I'm taking a trip down memory lane right now. I remember yeah. when, I was, when I was 18 and I, I went straight to the University of Auckland and I had no idea. I couldn't even, I didn't even know like how to enroll in papers. You know, I didn't know anything. You know, it's so true. And you think, you know, I, I'm in uni now. Well, I must be really smart and I've got, I've got the world at the power of my hands. No, I haven't even scratched the surface yet. So uh, yeah, I appreciate you for, for saying that. Um, so how can we teach? I, you know, I was looking through your content and again, I love your content. You're very creative um, and it's really attractive to your content. Um, and I noticed there was one post that were, you, where you were talking about children stand, helping children stand up for themselves. Um, why is this important and how can we teach children to stand up for themselves? Yeah, I think, um, you know, well, I, I reckon children need to stand up for themselves in, in, in knowing what they they need the most and, and knowing where to go to for help. So again, it's all about creating that that mo like that, that that connection with someone that they trust. And you know, the first preference would be the parent. You know, they need to have that trust and that I guess that connection with their parents to feel safe to know to open up when something, you know, goes wrong when something goes down when they're struggling because a lot of the times a lot of kids you know maybe dropping out of school taking the wrong path listening to their friends you know and we all do that I, I did that I listened to my mates over my parents at times you know and it's about okay what what what's what's the most logical like choice that I could make right now my parents are saying this I know this this is my this is my understanding but this person thinks that we should do this and you would ultimately think okay kids would be able to stand up for themselves in making the right choices based on what they've been exposed to um, over a period of time so for example you know you mentioned that you went to university and everything like that and you know you didn't really have your parents involved but what motivated you because it was like you stood up for yourself for what you believed in based on a, a multitude of factors that you know attributed that you know, and also it may have come down self-willpower to want to pursue and finish school and, you know, and for a better life, you know, look at you now with your podcast and, you know, all your, you know, global connections with other um, leaders and things and see how that's created, that's helped you stand up for what you believe in. We think standing up for yourself is standing up against a fight. No, I believe standing up for yourself is standing up for, you know, what you feel purposely built for what you think is you what you know where you're walking towards what what road is your road and what lane are you meant to turn off or go on to where do you think you're being self-directed to and that's all attributed through 
so many experiences, those night, those like those little those little moments that we think are unnecessary, you know, spending time in the car rides with the family, talking with people, taking our kids to certain events, exposing them to, to people. All those things can contribute to how children choose to stand up for themselves and what they believe in. Like you stood up for yourself and said, I want to go to uni. I want to finish school. That's that's my choice. No one was pushing you to do that. You know, I didn't personally have anyone pushing me to finish school. It was just a decision that I, I knew I wanted to do and I stood up for myself in trying to do that. Mm. Um, so I think this is a different <laughs> take in it, the question, but I believe that that's all part of it because it is a life skill standing up for yourself in what you believe in, saying yes to th- certain things and saying no to other things, being, mm. you know, being confident in your yes, you know, and being confident in your no as well. Yeah, awesome. I just want to uh, make it clear because my mom listens to my podcast. My my parents were very supportive <laughs> of my education. They just weren't involved because, well, they had to work a lot. So <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And yeah, and the fact that you know they weren't there, but you were still self motivated. Like, how? What made you get through those times by yourself, or you know, with having a less, I guess, that connection? Your parents were busy, but you just thought, always knew. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, I did. You know, and I actually had the, you know, I went and saw my careers lady. Um, she's, I'm sure she's lovely outside of school, but during school, she wasn't really that lovely. Um, <laughs> but she, when, you know, when I spoke to her about wanting to go to uni, she was like, wait, you, you're not, you know, you're not going to uni. You're naughty at school, which I was kind of. <laughs> but I was I like, it. yeah, but I, I know I love to learn. Like, Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So I, I love that. And so. I love that you said like standing up for yourself is not like standing up in a fight, although that is important, but standing up for yourself means, you know, taking the path that you really want, like chasing your dreams, pursuing education, all of that stuff. So that's amazing. Um, during this pandemic, how can parents best support their children's learning from home, especially parents who have um, like parents who have zero teaching experience? Because I know that some of my mates say they're just they're mm. going crazy, just like trying to go over school with kids you know only having one device um mm. you know everyone's all in the same room because everyone has to be in the same house what what what, what how can parents best support their children's learning if, if oh, that's the situation yeah totally i think what i've seen in this pan like through this pandemic and what i've experienced with a lot of parents that i'm working with is that they, they put a lot of pressure on themselves in in thinking that they've got to fill the teacher's shoes so they think oh my you know my kids are at school from nine till three you know, I need to do the same thing. My kids need to be engaged in all these subjects and things. No, that's not the case. Um, you know, I think do like if, as long as the kids can do what they can, you know, they're always going to be, I guess, there's always going to be this ceiling of motivation that they've got to deal with, right? And I think one of the things that parents can do is as long as they're doing at least something once a day or whenever they get a day off, I've been, I've been thinking about making a challenge for parents saying if you just do 30 minutes a day, half an hour a day of just focused learning or not saying that you need to do the questions and, and, and do that, but just to be supportive, just go, okay, what are we going to do today? Do you have homework? No, there's no homework. Okay. You know, teach them, I guess, those, those important values. Some of the values that I think parents think that they don't have it's the cultural values, it's the characteristics, you know, teaching your children respect, like I guess even just the things that we think we take for granted, like, oh, that's a cultural thing, you know, we, we know respect, we're, we're Pacifica, we're Islander, we know this. It's like, great, that's a, that's, a, that's a life skill, 
you know, and I, I remember writing um, in a couple of write, writings ago, I was saying that, you know, you could have a degree, but you could be the worst person to work with. You know, I, I, I've worked with people who have all these beautiful, you know, degrees, but they just, you, you just can't work with them. They, they're just, they're, they're, I guess, they're difficult to work with. And I just think, you know, hang on, they're educated but they're just so like difficult. So it just shows that you really do need human characteristics that are only cultivated in the home, you know, teaching them how to, to listen, to pay attention when needed, knowing, um, you know, respecting our elders, that kind of thing. That seriously, those cultural skills have literally gotten me where I have, where I am now because of the things that my, my parents taught me. My parents weren't sitting there, writing an essay with me or doing my maths equations. No, they, they tried their best. They said, okay, Cass, well, you know, I was like, Hey, I need this. They went and got me something like I needed a little whiteboard in my room. They went and, you know, got a secondhand one and they put it up in my whiteboard room. And I felt so motivated to write my goals down, but my parents didn't write them with me. I knew what to write, but it was like those little things, providing spaces in the home, you know, putting a schedule together, I always say to parents, I'm like, okay, put, do three things, um, have three things for the, for the day planned. And those three categories are your personal and work, home and admin. So, you know, home stuff, cleaning the home, that kind of thing. And the third priority is your child's education. What have you done today to help your child in their educational journey? Did you get them? What, it could be a resource. It could be, oh, I printed that stuff out at work and I gave it to my son. Uh, you know, or it could be, oh, I went to the shop, I went to, you know, the grocery store on my way home and I bought new highlighters for him. Oh, you know what? I told all the other kids to get out of that room and I put my son in that room for the, for the half an hour so he could just focus. I want my child to know that I am there for them and education means something to me and him. And I want him to see that too, you know, because it, it really does pave the way for their future, even if it's it's not about the degrees and stuff. I just want parents, you know, or, you know, listeners to understand that, you know, it's not about, you know, oh, she just wants every kid to go through uni. No, you're learning how to make decisions every single day. And school is all about teaching them those skills as well. It's exposure to a different way of learning as well, because you can learn, I guess, at home through working with your hands but ultimately you can learn the hard stuff if if school's difficult it teaches you how to endure difficulty so if you want to be a business owner in the future an entrepreneur awesome how are you going to overcome you know long long um periods of you know i guess of struggle you know i look back on high school and i think man at least i finished it i didn't you know i didn't finish great you know i wasn't top of the class in all my subjects but i finished it and I felt so good about it. It was one thing that I finished at that point in time. And then that just paves the way for future things. Like, you know, there's people that I know that say they're going to do something and then they don't do it. And you just think, but then there's people that you know, and I know you know, Tima, that you're like, hang on, that person, when they say they're going to do something, they actually do it. Mm. And you, and these are the characteristics that you build even in these foundational years, even through our school journey. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that is so true. But what are your hopes? I mean, obviously you're you're very passionate. You're very educated in this topic. Um, I've, I've learned so I hope much. So. Yeah, no, I've learned so much. My comments. I usually talk a lot more in my podcast, but you know, you've far man, you've added so much value. It's crazy, and, and I love it. So, what are you, <laughs> what are your hopes and dreams for Real Stuff Matters Academy? 
Look, I think um, be, becoming a parent um, has really changed the way that I see um, and how I want to operate for the future. Um, I think, you know, I started Real Stuff Matters Academy by just tutoring students in English. But as, as the years pass, um, even in this year, this has been like a massive year for Real Stuff Matters Academy. I'm just seeing a massive shift in the need to focus more on how I can help parents because I'm thinking I want to empower parents and letting, I want them to know that they are the teacher. You know, I feel like I've noticed a lot of, um, you know, a lot of patterns in the parents and kids that I've been teaching over the course of, you know, last couple of years. And I've seen that a lot of them are saying, parents are saying, oh, I don't know what to do. You know, I need to go and get help. I need to, you know, spend money here and, you know, hire this incredible private tutor for $100 an hour or something like that. And I'm just like, hang on a second, what's happening in the home? So I think, you know, aspirations for us, I guess, is, I guess, bringing out more, I guess, more workshops, more courses. Um, I'm currently developing an online course with a speech pathologist and we're creating um, a course for parents and how they can um, help their child with their communication and language development from ages zero to five. And I'm excited for that. Um, I think, you know, online courses is a way that I can help further you know, the quest of education and bringing that awareness in the home. And I believe that, you know, just giving parents that power back to them is all that's needed because, you know, I think kids, you know, they're struggling or something, but something must, there must be a disconnect. They must not be, I guess, not whatever's happening at school, something might not be happening there, but when they come home, is there support so then the kids can open up about that? And I think there's a disconnect with parents in what they think their role is. You know, so I would be really excited in going and, and exploring that side of what Real Stuff Matters can offer um, and hopefully provide that even, you know, over the borders, you know, in different countries, um, you know, and starting up things with other countries and things around the world that, you know, do want to change the way parents see education and bringing that power back to the parent and bringing that power of education back into the home surely there's funding available for something like this like surely yes I, I believe so there is like I yeah. think um now that the vision has definitely kind of transpired because you know I just started it just tutoring kids um at affordable prices um you know like for those who are listening you know I tutor kids for 20 bucks <laughs> like you know and it's not just um you know, they're not just getting tutored by someone, like, you know, you're getting tutored by someone who's done, you know, got degrees, has, has, you know, has the experience, they're getting high quality tutoring. And that's the results that they're seeing in their kids. And I think starting from that, and then moving more towards this side, I can really see the need um, that that is out there. And I think, you know, changing the way who my, my, my audience is, my audience of parents who, who just, who need guidance, who just need that uplift, because there's that disconnect and I know that, you know, through the work that I do, it will call for, for additional support and financial aid. And, and I'm just so excited, Tima, in how this whole journey has unfolded, even just in the last 10 months. It's just, it's gone crazy, you know. It was, it was crickets for the first couple of years and then this year it's just taken right off. So I'm glad that I stuck to it. I stuck at it. So yeah, there we go. <laughs> Amazing. And honestly, your content looks mad. Like, it looks so good. Um, you're very creative. Um, I was really I, – I saw your stories, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, um, with you creating your vision board. And I think that's great. I think students should lean into that as well. 
you know what? I'm actually needing to make a YouTube video of it because I filmed the whole journey, um, you know, and everything, like take getting the frames and filming um, the vision board. So, um, you know, for those listeners who don't, um, who may not know, like I created a vision board, but I framed each goal and put it in a proper frame and then made it into a wall gallery on my wall. And I thought it was a clearer, more crisper way in framing your goals. You know, I think it's important to frame your goals. I have so many goals and aspirations on that wall. And a lot of the think the connections that I have from where, where I've come from, you know, and I had an old, I've got an old picture of me teaching when I was 22. So that, you know, that's just visual reminders every day that I get to see why, why I'm doing and, and how I progress through the years. So I think it's important. I think I should, yeah, I'll definitely make a YouTube video up on it because I think it'll be good. <laughs> That'll be amazing. No, honestly, it looks so good. Uh, for those of you who are listening and you want to see this vision board or you want to check out um, all of the content that, that Cass has, it's uh, realstuffmatters underscore academy on Instagram. I think that's the the most, the prettiest, um, such a pretty time timeline, man. Um, but before we finish, because I do have one more question for you, but I'm really interested to know, um, what does your day today look like? As in my day-to-day, like what I do on a daily basis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So um, I do work another job. I am a project manager um, in the automotive industry. Um, so I'm working, um, I do a lot of projects and things here for the Australian market. So I do a lot of marketing and sales. So I think that's where a lot of my, you know, I guess input in time management and project management helps. So I do those days, three days a week. I recently just went part-time. Um, and because of the pressing needs of being a mother, as you all would know. Um, and, you know, even just today, like, you know, just spending time, intentional time with my son. Um, my son actually has, um, well, had speech delay. So I took actual time off work. So every day that I'm not working, I'm being really intentional in trying to help him, um, you know, to get his, I guess, word count up, you know, communication count up. So, um you know, it's basically like every other parent, you know, I've got to run the home, I've got to cook dinner, I've got to make sure the house is clean. You know, it's it's a lot of work, you know, obviously being a mum and a wife and managing work and, and doing everything like that. So day to day, it's always it's always busy. And then, you know, there's always those days where you just don't feel like doing anything and you feel that, oh, you, you just, you're not in the mood to actually get out and do stuff. But, but um, when those days come, I think it's important just to, take you know take a self-care day and not do anything because I find that when I don't do anything that gives me more creativity um to do more when I am in the mood to do it um I'm known to get up really early in the morning I do a lot of working in the morning at four o'clock in the morning I think that's where I'm most creative so I think um you know for anyone listening I think it's important that you know yourself better than anyone else and if there is something that you're passionate about or excited about you know, factor in time for that, you know, go to bed early, wake up early and get that time done. Because a lot of my goals and a lot of stuff that I do for Real Stuff Matters Academy actually gets done before anyone wakes up. You know, I'm at bed, I'm in bed at 8.30 when my son's in bed. <laughs> Sometimes I'll wake up at 4am and um, and I'll work away. Um, so, you know, and then after that, go for an outdoor exercise and stuff like that. I think it's important for mental health. Um and yeah, I think that's, I think that's, I guess, you know, every mum's really, really busy. And I, I think I'm, I'm pretty packed to the rafters with what I'm doing anyway. So 
yeah, I think that's what I pretty much do on a day-to-day basis, work, play, mum, work life, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. far, busy, busy. I have no excuse. I'm not a mum, so I have no... And sometimes I'm like, no, I'm too busy, I'm too tired. Wow, listening to you, I'm, I'm obviously not... <laughs> um, do, do you have any uplifting advice to parents out there who are having a hard time trying to yeah, 100%. Parents, I believe that, you know, if you focus on and, and pay attention to the small things that you may not see or may not, you know, be able to, you know, see straight away, and by that I mean, you know, things that are happening in your family with your kids, try freeing up your mind from something. You may be committed to something that you that is compromising your workload. and I, And for me... Um, I wasn't able to see what was wrong with my son, like my son with his speech delay, you know, being an English teacher, I'm just thinking, hang on, my son, you know, he's going through this. So, you know, even being a teacher myself, I struggled personally in how I could help him because I was always burnt out. I was working full time. I was running my bit, like my tutoring business. I was teaching 35 kids a week. And it wasn't until I gave up something that needed to give that I needed to give up that I was able to spend time, and by that time I mean the psychological time, the time that we have in our head right now, like when we're doing our thoughts, when we're thinking, I wasn't able to think about what I could do for my son. I wasn't able to see what the needs were. And when I gave up something out of my weekly crazy schedule, I actually started to pay attention to certain things. I was like, hang on, this is not right. You know, he hasn't, he's done, this is going on with him and that kind of thing. And that's when I was able to quickly and very swiftly intervene and actually help him. And I'm getting him the help that he needs, you know, speaking to a speech pathologist. I'm reading books about how I could help him as a parent by other speech um, therapists out there. And and that to me, I would never have thought of doing that for my son had I been doing all those other things that I was doing. So for parents out there, if you're, if you're needing or looking for support, like looking for ways of how you can help your, your child, there may be something that needs to give. You may be committed to a community group. You may be, you know, helping out all your other family. It's important not to leave your own family to the wayside. So sometimes freeing up a little bit in your schedule will open, I guess, your, your mind to be able to see things that are much more needed in the home. And, it's all about that quality time. It's all about the quality moments that you have with your child that is intentional. You know, he could just be sitting on the table or playing whatever and you're there with him and you guys aren't on your phones. You guys aren't watching the TV. You guys are just there, I don't know, engaging in a toy or a puzzle or, you know, you're just there hanging out. And that's where those real important seeds are planted those really precious moments where you're actually there and, and wanting to be there, not there because you have to be. You know, mm. we can all be there but be on pilot mode. And I've been on pilot mode for almost 18 months with my son, you know. I've been working. My mind was so stimulated, you know, with the work that I was doing and I was feeding my own ego, you know. I was like, no, nah, I'm career obsessed. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I gave up half of, you know, I pulled back the classes. I'm not teaching as much as I am now. Um, and I'm trying to provide other ways in how I could optimise and automate my time to help parents without sacrificing the work that I've done. Because at the end of the day, you know, my son really does come first and I'm a mother before anything. So even I had to give in, give up something in order to show quality time with him. And I'm able to see the results. It's only been a month or so, but I'm really seeing the results. And 
And from that, that's how I can really, I don't know, even I guess what you call it, like I can even write about the experiences that I'm experiencing and, and documenting it as well and share it with parents. Man, I love this. I love this podcast. I love that. And I can't wait <laughs> to share it. Like I'm just looking at your all your work. I'm looking at your website and stuff. So for everyone that's listening, please go out and support the SIS uh, at Real Stuff Matters underscore Academy on um, Instagram, also on Facebook, Pinterest, and YouTube. Um, the website here is www.realstuffmatters.com and of course we'll have the link and everything in the Spotify link when we upload this but thank you so much Cass oh thanks Tima really great questions thank you and I'm so proud and I'm honoured to be the first person to ever have you on a podcast oh thank you Tima I'm I'm so blessed and honoured too seriously it's I'm really grateful like to share my story like you know, sometimes you think, wow, is my story even worth sharing? And you really are validating all of that. So thank you so much, Tima. No, I really <laughs> appreciate it. No, honestly, like, yeah, man, I can't wait for this to blow up. But this might be, I, I have a feeling that this is, this is definitely needed in New Zealand. I actually have a few educator friends I can definitely connect you with. Um, oh, this is awesome. Real needed. This is really needed. Um, cool. Did you have anything else you'd like to end of our podcast? But if you've got oh. any words... Oh, if um, if any parents are listening that are from, you know, from New Zealand and, you know, from Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, uh, from the eastern seaboard, I am running my last and final um, group English group tutoring classes for ages 7 to 13 um, starting October 7th. And they will be running for four weeks. Each class is 20 bucks and they are capped for only a, um, a few students. So if you're wanting some English tutoring by someone who is qualified and passionate, um, you know, head over to my link in um, on Real Stuff Matters Academy on Instagram, or you can head over to my website um, and, and book on through there. So yeah, thank you so much, Tima.